Do you love a good song? Man, I love a good song. From all over the spectrum, from Big Star's 13, to Herbie Hancock's Cantaloupe Island, to Neutral Milk Hotel's Holland 1945, there are songs that I will go back to time and again. I love even the songs that I only enjoy for a while before burning out on them. They're part of the soundtrack, too. You know, Soundgarden is no longer a band I'll play on the car stereo on road trips now, but that takes nothing away from how enjoyable it was to blast Louder Than Love in my Fiero back in 1990. And all along the scale, I like to keep listening to these songs, whether they be great, good, or sometimes even just okay. Or at least I like to think I will still play them, even when I'm only going to just remember that they existed, kind of like I remember 1990 Me existed. There's still a relationship there, even if the only interaction it gets is the occasional Christmas card. But the song we are talking about in this episode of Southern Songs and Stories is one that is almost impossible to have a Christmas card relationship with. It is a song that is in many ways larger than the band that made it. Over nearly two decades since it was first put on record, it has become practically inescapable. You would have almost literally had to have lived under a rock to miss this tune, and there's also almost zero chance that you do not have an opinion of it. This song has had such a long run and has had such success in its original version, even more so in one of its covers, that your opinion of it likely has changed over that span of time. Your relationship with it may well have gone from falling in love to honeymoon to separation and divorce. For a lot of people, it went pretty much just like that. Welcome to Southern Songs and Stories, and this is our episode on the song Wagon Wheel. Osiris. This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris Podcasts. What does that mean? Osiris is a community of great music and culture podcasts. If you like this one, go check out others at osirispod.com and get in the loop. On the Osiris Podcast Network, there is a ton going on. We recently partnered with Jambase and also welcomed Amar Sastry of AmarGuitar.com to the network. Amar produces the Anatomy of a Jam video series where he breaks down guitar jams into detail with everything you need to know to play those jams. And he will develop more music-related video projects on Osiris in the near future, too. His weekly video series, The Drop, is one you can check out on the Osiris YouTube channel right now. The Jam Bass Podcast is brand new on Osiris, and it brings you news and insights from the jam scene and beyond, and features interviews with musicians and other industry professionals through behind-the-scenes segments, such as Tour Stories, Quit My Day Job, The Art of the Set List, and many more. All of these are great reasons to check out what's going on at Osiris Media. to begin at the beginning. That's Arthur Big Boy Crudup with a bit of his 1944 recording Rock Me Mama, which gets our wagon wheel journey rolling. 
Bob Dylan credited Crudup for the phrase Rock Me Mama in the first version of Wagon Wheel, which was never released but was an outtake from his soundtrack to the film Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid in 1973. Fun fact, this was the record which gave us Dylan's last number one hit, Knocking on Heaven's Door. Dylan sang just the chorus of Wagon Wheel, and that made its way into a bootleg, which future Old Crow Medicine Show member Critter Fuqua picked up on a family trip to London. Later, his homesick schoolmate and future bandmate, Ketch Seeker, started working on fleshing it out at school in New Hampshire, and it was in the Old Crow Medicine Show set list from day one when they got started back in 1998. Beginning with Arthur Big Boy Crudup may not be the real beginning of this song, though, since he likely drew from this Big Bill Brunsey song, Rocket Chair Blues, released in 1940. Flash forward another decade and we get to Lil Son Jackson's Rockin' and Rollin' with the phrase, Roll me baby like you roll a wagon wheel. It is unknown to me whether this has any direct connection to Wagon Wheel or if it is coincidental, but there are more songs that we can connect here, like the 1939 Curtis Jones song, Roll Me Mama, that includes the lines, Now roll me over just like I'm a wagon wheel. Very likely, wagon wheel metaphors and similes were just one of the many tools in any given songwriter's toolbox. And like practically every song everywhere, the song was born out of the same shared consciousness and heritage that artists mine for musical gems all the time. So rock me mama like a wagon wheel Rock me mama any way you feel Songs tell tales, they capture myths, but how often does the song itself resemble a fairy tale? If there was a yellow brick road for songs, then Wagon Wheel walked all the way down. 
We already have larger-than-life characters like Big Bill Brunsey and Bob Dylan on screen, and that's just the beginning of the movie. We are already not in Kansas anymore, or in the case of Old Crow Medicine Show, we're not in Boone, North Carolina anymore. That's where Old Crow got an early, really big break, catching the ear of Doc Watson while busking in town. The band would busk practically anywhere, and this was foundational to their sound and their success. Several years before they self-released their first EP, back in 1998, they were touring Canada, busking at farmer's markets and any place that people would gather to hear them. Melissa Block interviewed Catch Seeker in 2006 on NPR's All Things Considered, just after Old Crow Medicine Show released their second album, Big Iron World. And in their conversation about that trip north of the border, Ketch explained that when busking, you have to be better than the billboards. You have to be better than where people want to go. You have to create an instant draw so that people will stop and listen. Then it's like a glue that rolls out into the street and everyone's trapped. Walking to South out of Roanoke, I caught a trucker out of Philly, had a nice long talk. But he's ahead west from the Cumberland Gap to Johnson City, Tennessee. And I gotta get a move on before the sun. I have my baby got a money, and I know that she's the only one. And if I die in Raleigh, at least I will die free. Can you break down Wagon Wheel for me? There's there's a good reason why it became what it is. Part of it was just luck and whatever else goes into making a song ubiquitous. But the song itself, the lyrics, the song structure is really easy to play and latch on to. Sure. I don't know if there's any particular element. Like To me, it's one of those songs where... I think it has a lot of memorable uh, memorable lines. I mean, I don't know if the it's not exactly like a like a story song where there's like a beginning and a middle end and there's like a happy ending, you know, or whatever. I mean, it's I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it is if any particular element doesn't it doesn't have one of those pesky bridges. I love a good bridge and Wagon Wheel does not have one. Which, you know, makes it all the more memorable. I mean, if you can do the chorus and do the verses, I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're home. And there's a million zillion rootsy kind of country songs, G, C, and D, you know, chords. There's no shortage of those. So what is it, what is the intangible factor contained within the wagon wheel formula? You know, I do not know. That was Dave Brewer talking to me in his home in Boone, North Carolina, following a bit of Old Crow Medicine Show's 2006 performance of Wagon Wheel at the Theater of the Living Arts in Philadelphia. Dave is a member of many bands and often plays drums in shows with Teleco, who we profiled here on Southern Songs and Stories in 2018. 
Most of his direct experience with Wagon Wheel was with his band Possum Jenkins, who got started around the same time that Old Crow Medicine Show released their first album in 2004. Dave got to witness the song's progress from day one, and it soon became a crowd favorite at Possum Jenkins' shows. Such a favorite that it started to overshadow a lot of the band's own material. In time, they played Wagon Wheel only begrudgingly, and eventually they refused to play it at all. They were certainly not alone. Here's Jerry McNeely. When I was in the band Velvet Truck Stop with uh, a group of guys here from Western North Carolina, we played in a little dive bar in Folly Beach. It was across the street from the Holly Day Inn, H-O-L-L-Y-D-A-Y-N, called the Rock and Roll Roadhouse. And the roadhouse uh, had a little knee wall that hung above the stage. It was like hanging from the ceiling. And on the backside, it said, you will start promptly at 10 p.m. or you will not be paid. And then number two was no wagon wheel, no free bird, or you will not be paid. (laughs) Signs like that are still posted in bars and music venues all over the country with variations like, quote, blank number of days since the last wagon wheel, end quote. There was once even a website version, stopplayingwagonwheel.com. The band's old hometown of Asheville, North Carolina, once proposed that buskers be banned from playing it. When I talked about making this episode on Twitter, I got some strong responses like, quote, I hate it so much. I just absolutely hate it, end quote. There was some wagon wheel love, too, to be sure, but you get my point. This is a third rail kind of song for a lot of people. Hey, where did we go? You know that song, Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl. If you're like me, you don't want to hear that song anymore. Wagon Wheel has achieved brown-eyed girl-level exposure, and detractors are everywhere now. But how do you get to this point? I mean, at the end of the day, it's a great song. It has beautiful lyrics, and it's meant to be inclusive. It's meant to be a song that brings together an entire room of people, no matter how big or small that room is. But at the same time, it has reverberated to the point where it's deafening to those who initially loved it. It's sad because there are so many songs that I can't listen to anymore because they're so overplayed. You listen to top 40 rock and roll, classic rock radio. All those songs are played in rotation every day. There's a group, there's dozens of bands that they set into the computer and there's no variety. I can't listen to Aerosmith anymore. I can't listen to Ozzy Osbourne anymore. I can't listen to ACDC anymore. And that's because it's so overplayed to the point of annoyance, which is no fault to the artist. They created a beautiful song. They created a beautiful sound. And then it just gets amplified physically and emotionally into not only pop culture, but our daily lives to the point where we tune out, turn off the stereo, and possibly walk around the corner to go listen to something new. There was a point when there was a backlash on Wagon Wheel. What was it for you? 
I can't say there was like one discernible moment, but I certainly I, I think it it just was this kind of groundswell of it, it's kind of like if you you just start noticing something. I mean, to a point where you can't ignore it any longer. Every time you get in someone's car, every time you go to a party, every time you go to the bar, every time you go anywhere, it's like this song is following me and I have to stop it. And that that is a drag, you know? It's like it's it's like somebody giving you cake at every meal or something, you know? It's just like but it's so good. How could you not have another piece of cake? And it's like, well, I I don't know, man. I just don't want cake anymore. I just can't take I can't whatever it is about this thing. I just can't, you know, that level of overexposure that I'm just I'm done with it. Having worked in a bar for a long time and having heard songs on a jukebox just ad nauseum, you know, I've tried. I mean, I legitimately try to just take a deep breath and hear what it is that the next person who is going to discover this song and love it. You know, because, I mean, there's somebody who's never heard Wagon Wheel, and they're going to hear it tomorrow for the first time, and it's going to be a revelation to them, and they're going to love it for all the reasons that... We all love it. And then they might end up hating it for all the reasons that we all hate it. <laughs> I mean, it's a great song, but it's like everything else. It becomes so played and covered that, you know, it almost loses. It's almost like novelty. It's like American Pie right now, you know, <laughs> or something, <laughs> which is a great song, too. And I always turn it up. And look, whenever I hear Wagon Wheel, I always turn it up on the radio. The original, you know. I feel like it's just covered way too much. <laughs> but the original, the Old Cold Medicine Show, is a great version. And that, that I never deny. I always turn it up when it comes on and because it's a great song. Yes, it is. And that's, you know, you have to have a great song to get to being overplayed. So there you have that's it. That's right. That's just the way it goes. I, I'm guessing, especially around here, it's pretty polarizing. Yeah, and what one of the takeaways that I've had is that a lot of people from here might not have caught on to the, especially the secondary popularity of the song, because we were there from the beginning, yep. and we remember right. it in that context. But for a mm-hmm. whole other section of the musical world, they only got the super-saturated wagon wheel effect. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I think that's what is interesting to me coming from here. Uh, you know, if you had some kind of heat map for the initial success of Old Crow Medicine Show's Wagon Wheel, I bet uh, Asheville, Western North Carolina is going to be pretty red. Um, this kind of feels like the, almost the epicenter for that. Exactly. It is ground zero for Wagon Wheel here in the mountains yeah. of Western North Carolina. Yeah, and, and in a sense... I didn't get sick of it like any of these other people have gotten sick of it. I kept it at right. uh, a healthy distance, I guess, somewhere along the line. It was still a good song. It didn't turn me off that it became so popular. But for a lot of people, yeah, that they, they just cannot go back there. They just cannot stand it. Yeah, I mean, I, and I understand that. I'm, I'm in the boat with you. Um, you know, I think it's a great song. Uh, and, and you know, you knew that immediately just from hearing it. You personally, I'm a big fan of melody, and and I think I get hooked by that really easily. And, and obviously, that song has it. Um, you know, I think we knew from the beginning that 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 song is something special. And again, it felt like something. 
you know, coming from, from Old Crow, a band that's doing really well uh, in our area, that, that it would resonate with people. And I think the subject matter, the uh, name-checking places uh, familiar to us here in the South is helpful to it. You know, my thought was, obviously, this is, this is a great song, um, not necessarily my, my bag. I, I didn't play it at my wedding. I've never sang it at karaoke. <laughs> um, but I know over time it's taken on this whole other thing where uh, it's, I mean, it's like up there with Don't Stop Believing, you know, where people kind of either love it or hate it. That's Zach Alzheimer, music industry professional specializing in marketing for bands and festivals. Following singer-songwriters Reed Fail and Dave Brewer, and Garrett Woodward, arts and entertainment editor at Smoky Mountain News, also music editor for Smoky Mountain Living, and contributing writer for Rolling Stone. So it's almost a spectator sport to compare Wagon Wheel to songs like Freebird now. But it's way more than just any platinum seller, which begat an even bigger platinum seller. We explore some songs that have more in common with Wagon Wheel than its sales figures, coming up on Southern Songs and Stories. you about any parallels, any sort of songs that are analogous to Wagon Wheel. It's very hard to find anything that's even close because there are some songs in history that have been covered, that have been hits, bigger hits than the cover, or the original, rather. There are songs that had kind of a slow ascendancy that became bigger later. There are just so very few of all of those categories, but Wagon Wheel is not really either. It was pretty much a hit anyway, the original version. It was also a slow burn. It also increased in popularity and noteworthiness over time, and then was later covered with even greater success by a couple of artists. So I think I boiled it down to the comparison being gentle on my mind as being something that was 
you know, successful enough at first when John Hartford wrote it, but then was covered multiple times with great success. Do you have any examples? What do you think about this? Well, that song has so many different layers of why we not only cover it, but also why it's also such a hot button topic for a lot of people. Um, I think personally with, with Wagon Wheel itself, the reason a lot of people get annoyed by it is, especially musicians, is that I think it's the one song that people that don't listen to country or Americana, like real country music or Americana or folk music, that's the one song they know. It's almost like I always felt Catcher in the Rye is the favorite book of people who don't read books, you know? <laughs> I think for Darius Rucker to pick up on that or whomever it was, you know, his handlers, whatever, whoever, you know, raised their hand and said, you should do this one. To me, that was that was a no brainer. Uh, I, I think going back to, you know, kind of when we first heard Wagon Wheel from Old Crow, it was 2004, 2005. We, it just it was a special song right away. You know, you knew that. And so then when I heard Darius do it, that was a no brainer. That makes perfect sense. Obviously, that's going to be that's going to take it to the stratosphere. What is interesting is you know, as a lot of us know, the the mainstream country that's that's coming out of Nashville or wherever, um, you know, a lot of those songs are written by committee or people other than the artist. Um, that's a whole other, it's much more than a cottage industry, but it's a whole other business in Nashville where songs get written uh, a lot of times specifically for an artist or shopped around to a few different ones. Um, they hadn't necessarily seen the light of day once they end up on whomever's record. Uh, you know, this one had seen the light of day and had a lot of success. I mean, again, I think that's what makes the story really interesting is that that song was hugely integral into Old Crow's success, certainly around here, but even nationally, you know, it, it had reach. And so, you know, that, that I think is really interesting that it has had these, these two lives that you don't normally get with a country song or, or co-writes or whatever. But I totally agree with you that there are, you know, those folks out there who get really turned off by a, a, a mainstream country artist taking this song from, you know, kind of these punky old time kids that was, you know, and thinking like this was our song years and years ago. And now he's bastardized it or whatever and put it out there. Um, but for me, I mean, a great song is a great song and the cream rises to the top. And it's obvious uh, to me that a song like Wagon Wheel would do great in Darius Rucker's hands or whomever else. It, it's almost like it was just destined to happen. a bit of Wagon Wheel by Old Crow Medicine Show from their performance at Delfest in 2018. 
following conversations with Zach Altheimer and Garrett Woodward. I went to archive.org to find that audio posted by Jamie Burks. Old Crow seems to have a pretty healthy relationship with the song, keeping it in their set lists for all these years later, and switching up instrumentation and tempo with this example. Wagon Wheel, unlike some songs that are massive hits at the beginning of an artist's career, does not fall into the albatross category for Old Crow Medicine Show. I'm not entirely sure about what relationship Nathan Carter or Darius Rucker have with it now, but my bet is that they still embrace it too. Sometimes, though, a young artist or a band has a big hit with a song that does not jive with them in some way later on. Like it does not sound like what they want to play for the rest of their careers, or it may steal all the attention away from their more current songs, and so on. And while that's not the case with Wagon Wheel for Old Crow, the relationship that all the bands who covered the song has with it is not always so healthy. Here's Garrett Woodward, followed by Dave Brewer. I would assume with Old Crow Medicine Show that they were probably initially bowled over by the fact of how big it actually became. But when you actually look at where it is right now in terms of of the level of popularity, it's almost gone over to the point where it's looked at as as, um, taboo, where it's it's almost with the same annoyance of like a teeny bopper kind of thing, where these people that are hard scrabble musicians that go from town to town and a lot of times live out of their van and, and eat you know, truck stop food and are scrounging every dollar they have. And then they go into a bar to play their songs after being on the road for sometimes 10 to 15 hours, been away from home for a couple months, not making any money to have someone all of a sudden halfway through your set, yell out wagon wheel is almost like this nails on a chalkboard for people. They almost look at it as uh, lessening to their own art despite the fact that we were a band in Boone and Old Crow had, you know, been discovered in town, but, you know, we didn't really have any tangible connection to them or anything else. It was just, it was just a song. But fairly soon after we started playing the song, you know, the, the reaction to it was kind of hard to ignore. I just thought, well, people really... Sure do like this song. Yep, they sure do. That's good. <laughs> you know, next. But, you know, it got to a point, I think, eventually where it was hard to ignore just how much, uh, how passionate people were about hearing that song, you know. We were obliged to play it for a while. <laughs> it became a kind of a problem of its own at a point. It became a little bit too big for its own good. I mean, or for I, your good, if for our good, I guess. I mean, it was hard not to. It was hard not to notice that that particular song was receiving as much or more attention than any of the songs that we had written. We're quite proud of, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And you know, you don't want to get painted into a corner in terms of you know what you have to play and you don't have to play. And but there were definitely people who, man, they wanted to hear that song bad. When you think about it, the song Wagon Wheel has done something that very few other songs in history have done. It has reached millions and millions of people over its history of two decades. It's impossible to forget, and it's also impossible not to have an opinion on it, or at least not once you've heard it 20 or 30 times. It polarizes people, but it also unites them in a common experience. 
If there's ever a lull in conversation you're having, you could always say something about Wagon Wheel, and people would have an opinion on it. And also, along its long journey, it continues to introduce people to acoustic roots music. Along with the O oh Brother Where Art Thou soundtrack, Wagon Wheel has probably sold more banjos and fiddles than anything since Flattened Scruggs went to number one on the charts with the ballad of Jed Clampett. Another live version of Wagon Wheel to close out our show. That's Old Crow Medicine Show playing it live at Bonnaroo in 2005, but not from their stage performance. Thanks to Zach Altheimer for that audio, which was from Bonnaroo's Hay Bale Sessions. The Hay Bale Sessions were in these studio trailers, which were surrounded by hay bales as soundproofing. And some of the artists would play sets and give interviews to Bonnaroo's media partners. I got to see Old Crow do this in 2007, but they didn't play Wagon Wheel that time. I'm Joe Kendrick. Thanks for listening to Southern Songs and Stories. Please support the music of the artists you enjoy hearing here, and I encourage you to spread the word about this independent project and consider helping by subscribing, rating, and commenting on the show where you get your podcasts, and by becoming a patron. You can find out more at southernsongsandstories.com and at patreon.com slash southernsongsandstories. And you can keep up with us on our Facebook page, on Twitter, at South Scenes, and Instagram, at South Stories. Send me an email. I'll be glad to get back to you from southernsongsandstories at gmail.com. Plus, our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and lots of other platforms, as well as on Bluegrass Planet Radio. This is Southern Songs and Stories, the music of the South, and the artists who make it. Okay, so were you around when Hillary Clinton was campaigning? I guess it wasn't really her coming to Asheville, but Tim Kaine came to Asheville a couple years ago and did a fundraising performance with Nikki Talley in Asheville. Do you remember that? I do remember it. I was not in attendance, though, but I do remember that. And you know what Tim Kaine wanted to play? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's just not reading reading the room well. (laughs) 